Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. This is BRN AM for Friday, January 5th, 2024. And our top story today, innovation at work, in-plan retirement income options continue to evolve and grow. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more are Scott Hawkins and Manu Mazumdar of Conning. Scott, Manu, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's great that we're talking about retirement income this morning. And, and Scott, I want to start with you because um, the retirement income landscape has been evolving. And I want to get your sense for both the guaranteed and non-guaranteed retirement income products out there for in-plan utilization. What, what's the landscape look like today? Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, it, it is evolving. It's changing. Uh, I think the biggest thing that happened was the passage of the Secure Act 2.0 at the beginning of, of this year, which has really altered and opened up the landscape within 401k plans for guaranteed income solutions. Right now, there's a variety of both guaranteed and non-income uh, non-guaranteed uh, products that are out there. On the non-guaranteed side, probably those are some of the original ones. It, uh, 401k plans have offered their members some form of an installment withdrawal program that could be based upon withdrawing a, a certain fixed percentage of your assets over, uh, say, a month or quarter, half year or year, or a fixed dollar amount. Those have been around for a while. The other thing that's also been available for a while is known as a managed payout fund, in which it's a fund where the, the person could put their accumulated assets inside the plan, and then that uh, fund manages the withdrawals over a period of time, reducing the withdrawals if market performance goes down and increasing it if it goes up. The challenge with both of those though, and that's why they're non-guaranteed, is that depending upon the rate of withdrawal, the amount of withdrawal, how markets perform, you know, there's no guarantee in, in that the assets are gonna last the retiree's lifetime, that the amount's gonna stay the same from period to period. There's a lot of uncertainty built into those products. And that's created the need for guaranteed in-plan solutions. Now there's been several offered over the last decade. The most common that you would see would be a, an in-plan SPIA, that's a single premium immediate annuity. The person hits retirement and they convert some or all of their assets into a SPIA and start receiving a, 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 an income from that. Or a QLAC, that's a qualified longevity annuity contract, which they're putting some of their money in and then it's say at 85 or 90, that uh, starts paying a guaranteed uh, income, that's a backstop to any withdrawal program that they took in place. Those are in-plan alternatives to taking money out and putting them into a, an IRA. What's recently been emerging, though, since Secure 2.0's been out, is the interest in a combined annuity solution for people as they start to accumulate their assets. The most common way that that's being thought about in some of the products out there are a combination of a target date fund with an annuity. So as the person starts to save over their working career, part of their assets are already going into the annuity. And when they hit 65, that's generating a retirement income. Meanwhile, the rest of their assets can continue to grow. So it's trying to find the best of both worlds with these new products and new solutions. Uh, and that's really out there to address this need for a guaranteed, reliable income stream from the 401k plan. Yeah. And, and Scott, just to, and Manu, I'll come to you in a second, but Scott, I want to just follow up with that. And uh, it's a it, retirement income is a topic that we in the industry, I feel like we've been talking about this for a while, but things have really started to speed up. Where, where, where do things look like 
in the retirement industry and particularly around retirement income in the next three years? Because everything I hear, um, and maybe similar to your he hearing, is that this thing is really picking up speed. We're in an aging society. People are living longer. We're all getting older. Uh, we have more, we're going to have more older people than younger, uh, younger people at some point. So what's the next three years look like? So if you'd asked me that question nine months ago, I would have said pretty much the same as it is right now, because okay. I was, you know, talking with record keepers, plan sponsors, product developers. It was going to take five to seven years for the infrastructure to get built out, products designed and, and put out there. Though recently, within the last three or four months, uh, we've really changed our thinking to think that within the next 24 to 36 months, you're going to start to see in-plan guaranteed product solutions really start to take off. A couple of reasons why. One, the infrastructure build-outs moving much faster than we thought. Secondly, the product manufacturers are really getting on, on board. There are more manufacturers that we've uh, heard about. They're developing products, and they're seeming to settle around a, a common chassis, this TDF annuity structure that's coming out there, which means that more uh, plans can be approached with those. So we think it's really going to be picking up. And I would add to that that over the same period of time, I think you're going to see plan members really start to put pressure on there. I'll give you an example. You mentioned the one, the growing number of, of people in the retirement red zone that are going to be looking for ways to monetize their accumulated assets. But the other interesting thing is, and I don't know if you noticed it, but in the, the uh, UAW contract negotiations with GM, they're now putting in there a requirement in, the, in a settled contract to have some sort of annuity-like solution or option within their 401k plan. The union movement's very interested in making sure that their members who are in 401k plans are now being offered some sort of a guaranteed annuity-like solution. I think consumer uh, interest is one thing, and now you're getting the unions involved as well. That's going to put pressure on plan sponsors. So I think it's going to be a much faster acceleration, a different world in three years. Yeah, it, it sounds like it. Manu, thanks for waiting. Uh, I just want to kind of level set here. And, and, and Manu, I want to come to you because we currently have four generations, the multi-generational workforce in the United States. We've got the baby boomers who are just on the cusp. Many are, are retiring. Gen X, like myself, Gen Y, and Gen Z. Um, this creates challenges for those product manufacturers that your colleague Scott just mentioned when, when it comes to creating uh, income income products. It, it, thanks, Jeff. And it certainly does, you know, uh, multi-generational demographics um, coupled with the uh, uncertainty of the financial markets dynamics. They create various complexities for product manufacturers. Scott touched on the fact that you know, uh, people are looking, participants are looking for uh, guaranteed income in their retirement. Now, there are three congruent factors that are at play over here. First, the aging of the U.S. Uh, working population. Second, the rapid disappearance of defined benefit plans, which provided guaranteed retirement income in previous generations uh, that are almost uh, gone now. And then the third is uh, 401k plans have replaced uh, home ownership as the major asset for U.S. households. Now, with that as the backdrop, different generations, they have different priorities on maximizing their retirement decumulation, if you will, strategies. Um, and therefore, the products uh, that are needed to address the retirement income needs 
uh, also across the multiple generations uh, are encapsulated in multiple solutions. So there is not like one single panacea. So for example, older workers like the baby boomers uh, might be looking for products like what Scott talked about a minute ago, like SPIAs, which are single premium immediate annuities, or uh, QLACs, which are qualified longevity annuity contracts, um, both of which can be funded at retirement to provide a lifetime guaranteed income, while younger workers like the Gen Xers like uh, you and I and Gen Zs uh, might be more interested in products that are uh, annuities embedded as part of target date funds like uh, what Scott was also referring to earlier, which um, those can be funded um, during their employment period. But what cuts across every generation is the growing need for prudent education and advice for each generation to have the opportunity to maximize their retirement accumulation and simultaneously have a strategy for guaranteed lifetime income during their decumulation phase uh, during retirement. So it's important for plan participants to begin focusing on their future retirement income needs and apply a portion of their retirement assets to purchase uh, an annuity that provides guaranteed income. And keeping that in mind, the product providers are designing various solutions that addresses those different generational targets. Well, uh, Manu, I, I wanna pick that up on the, on the next, in the next segment. We come back, we'll talk more about the retirement income trends. We'll pick up on the education conversation. You're gonna to wanna to stay tuned right here. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We wanna make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Scott, Manu, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Appreciate Our it. pleasure. 
Yeah, fun fun conversation. Uh, Manu, I want to pick up the conversation. We you, you, we kind of left off with education. And look, there are a lot of great product manufacturers out there. There's, according to Scott and, and Conning, I mean, there is a lot that's going to happen in the next 36 months. But to build the best products and, and, and plans, that's one thing. How much, uh, how important is education of participants, so the actual employees, to utilize these products? And then also the advisors, consultants that help the employers pick the products for the plan. So how important is that education for success? I'm so glad you asked that question, Jeff, because uh, that is a very significant uh, part of the whole process because educating participants and advisors is critical in ensuring the successful adoption of guaranteed income products uh, in retirement plans. Uh, From the participants' perspective, there are three areas that are of particular interest, and they are fees, Uh, product complexity, and accessibility or portability of the funds that they've accumulated. So uh, let me uh, take a moment to address those three areas where education is going to play a paramount role. So first, let's talk about the issue of fees. So um, there is an inherent uh, fear amongst participants that fees for such guaranteed products are going to be too high based on previous experiences. The reality is that uh, fees are uh, dependent on the plan's investment lineup and the fees for in-plan guaranteed lifetime income solutions would be encompassed within that dynamic, right? Each plan, sponsor selects a set of investment options for their participants and the fees are commensurate to those. Uh, But overall cost is going to be generally lower than similar investment options offered as, for example, retail products outside of the plans. And the reason is that in-plan guaranteed solutions or products are offered within a group retirement plan where the participant, they benefit from reduced expenses uh, overall. The next concern is that in-plan guaranteed solutions are too complex. The reality is um, these solutions that are being discussed, some of these, uh, especially for the younger generations, are in-plan options which are structured as a target date fund held within a collective investment trust. Uh, This offers a simplified experience uh, that provides both growth potential as well as offers guaranteed lifetime income packaged in a very simple investment option uh, within their retirement plan. So the complexity issue is mitigated with that particular option. And then the third concern is around portability and accessibility. So every plan participant is concerned about, will I be able to take my monies when I need it? You know, how will I have any uh, surrender fees, et cetera, et cetera. Um, The way these target date products are being designed, if a participant decides um, that they want to uh, access their money, There is no surrender charge for moving money out of an in-plan guaranteed investment option, uh, which is different from out-of-plan annuities. Um, 
That means participants can access their money at any time during either the accumulation phase or the decumulation phase. But uh, what participants should be cognizant of or be mindful of is that their actions that they take during the accumulation phase or later on, these actions may impact the actual amount of the guaranteed lifetime income that they will receive in retirement. So they, they need to be mindful of that. Yeah. And Manu, just to follow up, and Scott, I apologize for keeping a hold. I'll come to you in one minute. But Manu, um, Scott mentioned the UAW negotiations, and in, and in particular around retirement income, I thought that was particularly prescient. Uh, and you sit on a few investment plan committees. From your perspective and real world experience, are you um, are, are these guaranteed income products, the, the things that we're talking about this morning, are they coming up more and more in some of the meetings that you're in? Uh, they are indeed, and indeed, I have the privilege of uh, serving on various 401k investment committees. And uh, what I hear during these committee meetings is that participants are very interested in guaranteed lifetime income investment uh, options, and um, they're ready to roll uh, over a portion of their retirement savings into such a product once their employer's plans offer these options. But uh, what I hear in these committee meetings is that um, the plan sponsors and uh, 401k committee members are concerned um, that uh, centers around two broad areas. First, the concerns are about high administrative costs. And second, the concerns are uh, that uh, their fiduciary responsibilities related to incorporating in-plan guaranteed income products um, would uh, uh, become uh, onerous. So let me take a moment to address uh, both those uh, issues in a little uh, deeper detail. So sure. plan sponsors, their concern about administrative costs being too high. Well, generally speaking, there are no explicit additional costs for the plan, right, in order for one to offer these options. But there is some additional work of, that's involved in applying uh, existing fiduciary standards in the evaluation and adoption of these solutions, uh, which is consistent with uh, any of your ongoing fiduciary duties to explore you know, new or diversified solutions that any employer would offer uh, for their investment menu. So the due diligence work is, is, is critical, but it's not significantly different. The work involved in evaluating or implementing these solutions um, is consistent with uh, efforts uh, that are uh, routine relative to ensuring that the uh, plan sponsors are focused on optimizing the investment lineup as part of their ongoing fiduciary uh, responsibilities. The second issue that I hear from uh, attending these committee meetings uh, is that plan sponsors are concerned about increasing fiduciary responsibilities uh, associated with in-plan guarantees. Well, the first SECURE Act that was passed in uh, 2019 provided new 
fiduciary uh, safe harbor guidelines for plan sponsors in the selection and ongoing monitoring of guaranteed lifetime income uh, products and the insurers who provide them. So these solutions uh, attributes such as uh, features, benefits, financial strength of the insurer should be, cons uh, should be considered in um, conjunction with the costs of offering these. Um, it's worth noting that uh, the SECURE Act's new safe harbor uh, includes a clarification that a planned fiduciary is not required to select the lowest cost option. So overall, I think plan sponsors are recognizing that their anxiety uh, related to those two issues are probably somewhat exaggerated than what the reality of the protections offered by uh, Secure Acts uh, actually make it. Yeah, well, thanks for that, Manu. Scott, I want to round out the conversation. Uh, Manu actually brought up the F word, fiduciary, and one of the fiduciary responsibilities, we're, we're a PC and, and PG audience, uh, we have a PG audience here, but in all seriousness, Scott, um, the role of a fiduciary is to evaluate the different products available for plan. You do you know, other fiduciary responsibilities. How do you, knowing that each product being developed is unique, um, you know, I kind of think of it almost like stable value in a way. How do you evaluate these different products if you're a plan sponsor, an advisor, or a consultant to find the right one that fits for your particular plan and population in that plan? Yeah, I, I, I think Manu sort of gave some of the challenges that sort of shape what you're looking for when you're trying to fit things. First, start with the demographics of your particular plan. If your plan's more weighted towards people who are 55 or older, you may want to think more with the traditional things of, of a SPIA or a QLAC versus a TDF or an annuity. The other thing that you want to look at is the complexity and the educational support that would come around that. And why is that important? Because it's not just enough to have this solution inside your 401k. You wanna make sure that your plan members actually start to use it. And that's gonna require you to provide that education. Is your partner that's introducing the product into your plan, be it the advisor or the product manufacturer, are, is their product simple and easy to understand? If you look at the individual annuity space, those products are extremely complex. Uh, that may be to the advisor's advantage working with a retail client because they can decipher all of that. That's not going to be available necessarily inside the, the uh, 401k. So you want a very simple product that's easy for your members to understand that you can provide them with enough support to help them make that decision. And then you have the encouragement to have them start to utilize that. Uh, so when you're looking at a particular product or an advisor coming in and talking with you, those were the things that you should be talking about in addition to things like fees and who's the under the underwriting carrier, what's their rating, what's, what's the portability and the actual plan features. But how does that fit to your unique plan? I think that's what you're going to have to look out for as you start to add these to your, your uh, platform over the coming years. Yeah, well, certainly exciting time, new products and Look, the next, per, according to uh, you all, uh, 36 months, it's going to be a very interesting time. Gentlemen, thanks so much for uh, joining us this morning. And we look forward to having both of you back on the program again very It'll be soon. be our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. We look forward to that. Thanks. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse.
Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with our first edition of BRN Weekly. Jane King will be joining us from the NASDAQ, and then we'll break down some of our best segments for the week. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. Don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.